I'm Courtney Lundeen, and welcome to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. Do you find yourself wishing you could have more moms, sisters, and friends encouraging you and pouring into you, inspiring you to live as the mom God has called you to be? Too often, our culture minimizes the role of motherhood, but I believe that being a mom is a high calling, and we're answering the call and stepping up to the plate. I love simplicity and efficiency, habits and routines, but my favorite part of life is being a mom. If you want practical strategies to lighten your load, simplify your life, let some things be easy, and make room for what matters most, you're in the right place. I'll remind you that every blessing and provision is God's and help you reflect that mindset in your homes and to your families. Thanks for joining me, friend. I'm glad you're here. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Elevate Motherhood podcast. I feel so honored that you are here again and listening to these words. I hope this episode will be a blessing to you. I was asked this week why I started this podcast. Really, I just started the podcast I was looking for myself. Something positive, encouraging, uplifting, easy to listen to when I'm doing the laundry or cleaning, something to kind of fill up my cup, as they say. So I hope that's what this is for you. I posted in my Instagram stories a little poll of some upcoming episodes, and the majority of you guys responded that your first choice was faith in practice with kids. I think this is maybe a hard topic to talk about because we don't want to get it wrong. I feel a little bit of pressure even talking about this because I know I get it wrong all the time. If you know me and my kids, I will not be perfect at this, so I want to come to you as not an expert. I read my Bible and go to church and talk to wise Christian moms. I grew up in a faith-filled family, and now my adult siblings and I follow Christ. But I haven't raised children yet. Mine are still two and four, and I'm learning as I go. I know a lot of us are really trying to raise Christians, <laughs> raise children who love the Lord. We know we will get some things wrong. We are humans and sinners, but we try. And this is the type of conversation we need or at least what I need. So don't consider this expert counsel. Consider this a conversation with a friend or sister who is doing her best. I do think God wants us to help each other, so feel free to add to this conversation in the social media post for this episode. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for showing mistakes, for correcting, and for training character. We do have access to what God thinks we should do regarding all things in life, including parenting. It's in the scripture. And we don't know it if we don't know scripture. So let's learn it and make it part of our lives. It's literally a tool we can use every day. I heard a quote from Joyce Meyer this weekend that said something like, Our goal as parents is to eventually make our children 0% dependent on us and 100% dependent on God. I think it's easy, especially for people like me who tend to try to control things, to think that we can do all the right things to ensure our kids will go down the path we hope they'll choose and everything will go perfectly for them. But it's really not about us. Only God can do that. We are just his instruments, raising these children for him, doing our best to fulfill his high calling for us as moms. So don't let any of this conversation be overwhelming. It's just a bunch of ideas. We can't and won't do it perfectly. So to start, I think one of the easiest ways to teach kids the basics about faith, or literally anything, is music. They can memorize songs before they really know they are learning something. 
my kids go to a Christian Mother's Day out and they played this song about the fruit of the Spirit and it really taught my son the fruit of the Spirit. How many of you can recite the fruit of the Spirit? This song is so adorable. It's called The Fruit of the Spirit and it's by Uncle Charlie. And it says, the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut, not a lemon, etc. And then you can talk about what the fruit of the Spirit means and how it's evidence that we have the Holy Spirit in our lives. And then it will come up in examples, like when you're teaching them about self-control. Self-control means we have the right, we make the right choice even when we don't want to. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit. Prayers for the fruit of the Spirit are always answered yes, because we have the fruit of the Spirit when Jesus lives in our heart. So, if you prayed for God to give you self-control, the answer is yes. You have self-control. You can make the right choice. Or patience. Patience is when we want something right now, but we have to wait. It's hard to wait, but we have the fruit of the Spirit. We have patience. Or gentleness. Anyone who has more than one child has used the word gentle four million times. This is an easy one that will come up in life regularly. You can teach a kid so much through the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. More songs that my kids like are the books of the Bible songs. There's one for the books of the Old Testament and one for the books of the New Testament. I learned these songs as a kid myself, and I have said them to myself a million times when looking for specific places in the Bible. The ones we listen to are called Books of the Old Testament and Books of the New Testament by Cedarmont Kids. The first few times, I just played them, or I would sing them out loud myself. Then I noticed my son trying to sing some of them, so we made it a game. Let's play it again and see how many we can get. Or sometimes I would just sing part of the song without the music to kind of emphasize the different parts. I try to make it more of a fun game, silly song, instead of forcing him to memorize it. I think that this song is a lifelong skill. My four-year-old can really say almost all of it perfectly, so don't underestimate your kids. Some other Christian songs that one of my best friends recommended to me are by the song by the artists Slugs and Bugs on Spotify. They have a few albums called Sing the Bible, and there are some really cute songs that basically turn different verses into songs. I have a handful of songs on my kids' Spotify playlist that we listen to in the car, so I will post a list of the songs we listen to regularly. Some of these songs are the same songs my mom used to play for us when I was a kid, and I always think about how happy she would be that my kids listen to the same songs. A lot of them are by that same group, Cedarmont Kids, which I mentioned earlier. I'm sure there are so many ideas of Christian songs that kids love, so I'll start a post on social media for this exact topic, and we can all share our favorites. Just for the record, my kids also listen to lots of other songs, too. It's all just a mix on our playlist, so my kids don't even know that some of it's Christian music, some of it's not. I just shuffle the songs, and sometimes it's the Fruit of the Spirit, sometimes it's Paw Patrol theme song, and sometimes it's Umbop, and they love it all. Another thing you can do is ask your kids what they're learning at school and at church, and you can continue those conversations at home, or you can ask their teachers. Our church has little cards that are for the parents that say what they're learning about. Our school posts these things on the wall by the front door of their classroom. You can check to see if there are any resources for you like that, or otherwise you can just ask their teachers how you can support what they're learning. Another way to practically live in faith is to teach our kids some type of confession of faith to memorize or like people commonly do affirmations. 
This can be very similar to the people who do this that aren't Christian, but you can just put God in the middle of it like we do with all things as Christians. I posted this on my social media when my son was a baby and I was trying to create one. I got a lot of good responses, so maybe I'll do that again here and you guys can join in on that conversation. Some of my friends have a compilation of God's promises that their kids begin to memorize from toddlerhood. I actually want to start doing that with my kids, so maybe I'll start that soon. I made one for my kids that are kind of like faith-filled affirmations. Here's what we say. I am kind. I am brave. I am friendly. I am smart. I am loved. I am a leader. I have a servant's heart. I am healed. I have favor. I can do hard things. I am blessed to be a blessing. I am a son or daughter of the king. I treat that like I mentioned in the fruit of the spirit and I reference it when the occasions pop up. Like, did you see your friend was watching you and doing what you did? That's called being a leader. Leaders have a lot of responsibility to make the right choices because people follow their examples. That's being a leader. Or a common one to use in our houses. You can do hard things. I saw you figuring out that puzzle you were working on. You can do hard things. Or I just really love the phrase, blessed to be a blessing, and I'll teach my kids about that. You are blessed. You have so many blessings in your life. Isn't it fun to be a blessing to others? How can we be a blessing to that person? Stuff like that. Memory verses is another thing in this category of faith and practice, and it's probably the first thing that comes to mind, like, oh, I should be doing that. And honestly, I don't do it very well with my kids yet. I got one of those cute acrylic wall calendars for myself this summer, and you can customize the sides of the calendar, and I chose one to say Bible verse as one of the columns so I could have a verse of the month for myself to memorize. You can also use those cute decorative card stands. I have one of those too, and I don't necessarily change it every month, but I do read it regularly to try to memorize the verse. I also sometimes save verses to the background on my phone as the wallpaper, and if you are subscribed to my once a week Elevate Motherhood emails, you'll get a wallpaper, a phone wallpaper size memory verse for each week. I don't do a great job of helping my kids memorize exact scriptures at this time, but maybe I could incorporate this more, especially as they get older. I know my sister is good about teaching her kids a super kiddie version of verses or phrases, like her three-year-old will say, God makes me strong and flex his muscles. Another way to point our kids to the Lord is to have quiet time with the Lord ourselves. We need to be continually filling ourselves with the word of God so that we are able to pour it out to our families. You can even let your kids see you have quiet time. I mean, ideally this probably would be easier done and with better focus when your kids are sleeping. I happen to have two children that love waking up at 5 a.m., so it's really hard for me to do that. I usually do quiet time in the morning right after they eat breakfast. I'll turn on a TV show or something for them, but I have my devotional book and my Bible out, and I'll try to do my reading for the day. I don't let them write in my Bible, but I do let them scribble in the little devotional book that I use. Or you could have a little notebook that they could scribble in, and it kind of makes them think they are doing what you're doing. My little journal I take to church with me is filled with my daughter's scribbles, and it really makes my heart happy when I see it. You have probably heard the quote that, with great power comes great responsibility. I think this is true for us as parents. We should be the example for our children. Jesus came to earth as the perfect example for us, and therefore our teacher and role model, and we need to be as close as possible for that for our kids. Do what I do is a much better lesson than do what I say you should do. 
In every area, back to the fruit of the Spirit, we can be continually reminding ourselves that we are an example to our kids. We should always be trying to model Jesus to them. Our own attitude and faith is visible whether we want to believe that or not. We can gripe and whine and take shortcuts and play the victim, or we can have integrity, speak words that align with our prayers, and lead by example, and live a life that they want to follow. If we are confident in the Lord, a blessing to others, filled with the Holy Spirit joy, our kids are more likely to, go, to want to follow down the path we are headed on. This also goes with how we treat our spouse, for those of us who are married. Our kids' first impression of marriage, and whether it's good or bad, or a blessing or not, is from our day-to-day interactions with our spouse and how we talk about marriage. I do think it's faithful to say things to your kids like, I just love daddy so much, don't you? Or let them see you and your spouse be affectionate, or just making sure that your kids know how much you love each other. God designed marriages to glorify the Lord, and we can show this daily to our children. One of my good friends and mentors taught me that we have plenty of opportunities to demonstrate our need for grace from the Lord as we are parenting. We are bound to say something we shouldn't have said, or in a tone we shouldn't have used. We can use those times to apologize to our child and ask them if they will forgive us and give us grace. And we can go into the discussion that we are all sinners and we all mess up sometimes and wish we did things differently. But we can ask for forgiveness to the person and to God and try to do better next time as we learn. I think these conversations take the pressure off of them to be perfect. We know they're not perfect. It's good for them to know that we aren't perfect either. And we can be an example to them even when we don't get it right. We show them the need for God's grace in our life. And God has never-ending grace. He always forgives us. I say this to my kids too. I have unconditional love and never-ending grace for you. I always love you and I'm always here to teach you and help you as you learn. God made me your mom so that I can teach you so many things. And sometimes there are consequences for your actions. But that doesn't mean I don't love you. I always love you. And I always forgive you and give you grace. Just like God does for me and for you too. And we learn from our lessons and make the right choice next time. My son has already learned this. And let me tell you, it's hard to be upset with your child when their response is, Sorry mommy, can I please have some grace? We also do this with teaching our kids God is our healer. When they fall down and get a scrape, they come to me and I look at it and I say something like, oh man, that must have hurt. Well, you know what? It looks like it'll heal. God's our healer. Let's pray to God and thank him that he heals us. Dear God, please heal our scrape. Thank you that you're our healer and by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. Amen. Or if we hear that a friend can't come to school because they are sick, we pray for them. My son has even a few times been the one to initiate this, and it makes me feel really proud of him. What a peace we can have in our lives when we know God is the healer. Another time that seems obvious is praying with our kids before meals. For some reason, this is not something I regularly do. Probably because we eat so many meals on the couch casually. Oops, I do need to be better about this. The other day, my two-year-old daughter said, Mommy, put your hands like this to pray. Dear God, Thank you for our food, and thank you for our friends. Amen. We say that at school, Mommy. I said, oh, wow, good job to your teachers. I really need to get better about that. We do say our prayers every night at bedtime. For a while, I was just trying to say an easy one every day that they could memorize. But lately, I've just been praying more detailed prayers over them with my hands on their back before bed. I offer to let them pray, but I don't force them to. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. We can also choose books that are about God to read to our kids. 
One of my best friends just wrote a children's book called You Are by Lauren Brownrigg, and it is written as a book to teach kids some of life's most important words. And it has workbook pages in the back of each section with questions to talk about these things through with your kids. So I love that. But I also love how she just somewhat casually mentions God throughout the books. Like it just felt like normalizing that God is part of everything we do. As it should be. And my sister highly recommended these books to me, but I haven't purchased them yet. It's a series called Tiny Theologians by Amy Gannett. And they are titled things like, Does God Sleep? And Did God Learn His ABCs? They are written for ages 1 to 4 and answer some big questions about God in a kid-friendly way. Another example of faith and practice is teaching our kids who God says they are. Man, this maybe should have been the first thing I mentioned here because it is so important. But how obvious is a confident kid, a confident teenager, a confident adult? They feel confident to make decisions they feel comfortable with, not looking to others for validation. We can instill in our children that they were made in the image of the Lord and that they are children of the Lord and have his favor on their lives, that God's power is made perfect in their weakness, that with God, all things are possible. We need our kids to know that we believe in them and in God and that we are confident when we speak these things over them. We aren't hoping or begging or pleading in our prayers or taking shortcuts to ensure things will work out for them. We are confident that God who began a good work in them will bring it to completion. God did not give us a spirit of fear. Let us hold strongly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. We are confident in God's promises. I love the quote I've seen online several times now that says, The things we say to our children become their inner voice. I mean, wow, right? Another quote I saw recently said, Our children are either going to inherit God's promises or our fears. That one hit me hard. Talk about a reality check. Another way to show faith and practice with our daily lives is to have a few memory verses with easy application. My mom was so good at this. She would always tell me and my siblings the Proverbs, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger when we were arguing with each other. And if I was frustrated with my siblings, she would tell me, Jesus said we forgive our brother as many as 70 times seven times. I remember even telling her, we are definitely past that number now. But I guess it means we should forgive them unlimited times. She was right. Another one my mom used to say was, do everything as if you're doing it for the Lord. I remember one time coming downstairs to get a snack late at night in high school and she was cleaning the kitchen and I felt sad that she was doing chores late at night. She said something like, yeah, sometimes I really don't want to be doing things like this, but I know that the Bible says to do everything as if it's for the Lord. So I just tell myself I'm cleaning this kitchen for the Lord. Another huge lesson I learned from my mom in scripture was the verse, rejoice with those who rejoice. She would say this to me if I was jealous a friend got an award that I wanted or something great was happening to something else, to someone else. She'd say, we rejoice with those who rejoice. Like, we aren't bitter. We aren't taking away something from them by being negative. We rejoice with them and for them. Another verse my mom always said to us was, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. No matter what kind of day we were having, this is the Lord's day. Let's be happy. Isn't that a nicer way than telling our kids, hey, cheer up? And I'll just close today with Psalms 127.3. Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. 
Your children are a blessing to you from the Lord. So anyway, there's a lot on this topic, and we could go more into it, I'm sure. That's what this entire podcast is for, so we will just keep going with other episodes in the future. I hope this conversation sparked some ideas for you. Remember what I said at the beginning, that I am not a child psychologist. I have no formal training in seminary, education, parenting, anything like that, so don't take my words for the law. Take God's, though. You can and should cross-check any parenting advice you receive in scripture and see what backs it up. I hope that this episode feels like a phone call with a friend or a sister, just some ideas from a fellow mom in the same season of life doing her best. We are in the world, but we aren't of the world. It's okay to be different, and it can still be the most fun. Before we leave, I'd like to say a little blessing and prayer for you. Dear God, thank you for these listeners, and thank you for putting the desire in their hearts to know you more and to honor you more. Help us be examples of your love, your grace, your joy, all the fruit of your spirit to our kids and to our communities. Remind us that we have your patience and self-control. Help us write your words on our heart and know who you say we are, that we may teach those same things to our children. Amen. If you want more of the Elevate Motherhood podcast, be sure to click subscribe in whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. For more information, head to my website, CourtneyLundeen.com. I send a once a week email that will include the most recent podcast episode, scripture and encouragement, and links for things we love or talk about on the show. Thanks for being here, friends. Until next time, let's elevate motherhood.